Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. We have come to an amazing passage of Scripture. That may sound strange. Aren't all passages of Scripture amazing? Well, there are passages that resonate with power and meaning. Passages that epitomize volumes of truth and bring us to our spiritual knees. This is such a passage. Today on Drawing Near, as we read and contemplate the truths of this text, let us take in and ponder, wonder and consider all that God is revealing to us in the climax of this letter. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 12 and consider Sinai and Zion. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. And our Father in heaven, we come before you with the understanding and the knowledge that we don't understand or know very much. There are many of us as believers who know much more than others. I am in awe of those who seem to have insight and clarity concerning things that I wonder about. Father, we thank you for how you work in each individual heart and life through your Holy Spirit. And we pray, Father, that we'll continue to submit to your leadership, to your instruction through your Holy Spirit and your word, and grow in our faith and understanding of all that you have made known to us. Thank you for today's text. Thank you for the great power in this text. And help us, Father, to just sit in wonder at the base of the mountain. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Throughout our study of the book of Hebrews, the original readers of this letter, the Hebrew Christians, and we today, have been challenged with what has gone on before in the nation of Israel, in their relationship with God, how he had worked in their lives, delivered them, made himself known, how they had heard and then rejected, heard and rejected, and how we have a better opportunity, a more complete understanding through faith in Jesus Christ. We've learned what Jesus Christ has done in dying on the cross and being our great high priest in seeking to give us this rest from our sin and from our labor. And as we've come to the end of this letter, we have been encouraged to acknowledge the faith of the great cloud of witnesses and their testimony of God's faithfulness, to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, to be willing to endure with understanding the chastisement and the discipline of God, to be built up and to build up others in the faith and to watch out for each other, to endure chastening, to strengthen the hands which hang down, to pursue peace and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. We are to do all of these things. And then we come to today's text, verses 18 and following of Hebrews chapter 12. And we are told to consider why we are to do all of these things, what God has done for us. And it's an amazing thing. In verse 18, it says, For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire, and to blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them any more, for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, 
it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. So we've not come to that mountain. Verse 22 goes on and says, But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. This passage is a contrast between two mountains, mountains in which God meets his people. At Mount Sinai, that was a mountain in Egypt, in the wilderness, God meets the children of Israel after delivering them from Egyptian bondage. He begins to introduce himself and what he offers to the people, what the covenantal responsibilities are between them and their God. The other mountain is Mount Zion. It's a real mountain, but here it's pictured as a heavenly mountain. This earthly mountain is representative of God coming to his people in grace, in victory, in mercy, in deliverance. When we look at these two mountains, there is a great contrast between the two. If I'm not careful, I would read this and reread this to you over and over again. So I'm going to encourage you to do a little bit of homework. I'm going to encourage you to read Exodus chapter 19. It's a great blessing to have that opportunity to see that entire story unfold as Israel comes to the base of Mount Sinai. It's referenced here in Hebrews 12, and what we see here is this contrast. We have in this contrasting image, we have the earthly experience and the heavenly experience. He says, for you have not come to the mountain that may be touched, that burned with fire, to blackness, darkness, and tempest. You haven't come to a physical mountain, but rather he's telling us we've come to a heavenly, a spiritual mountain, to Mount Zion. He tells us that this is the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. He's telling us that around this mountain are innumerable company of angels. It's a spiritual mountain, so we have the earthly contrasted with the heavenly. At Mount Sinai, there was the law being given, and there was this fear and this threat. The people were kept at a distance. They weren't even allowed to touch the base of the mountain, or they would have to be killed, stoned or shot with an arrow. And then the people weren't allowed to even touch them and killing them or hauling them away. It was a holy time, but it was a time filled with awe, the law, the covenantal requirement, fear, and threat, and the people were kept at a distance. But when we look at Mount Zion, this heavenly picture, this heavenly mountain, this new relationship, it is a picture of God's grace versus the law, faith instead of fear, acceptance instead of threat, and we are welcomed into his very presence rather than kept at a distance. Notice this, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. We've come not to the base of a mountain, but we've come to Zion and and the place where the living God dwells. We have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. We're not stranded out in Egypt, about to wander in the wilderness. We're included in this throng of an uncountable company of angels. 
We are welcomed into the General Assembly and the Church of the Firstborn, Jesus Christ, who are registered in heaven. We're not trying to establish a relationship with God by keeping the covenant perfectly. Rather, we are allowed in because we are registered in heaven. We are adopted into God's family. And we come to God, not kept at a distance from God, who is the judge of all. We do not have to come in fear before this judge because we've already been accepted by the judge. And we have come to the spirits of just men made perfect, of righteous men made perfect. That's the definition. Made perfect by what? The challenge of the law at Mount Sinai was ominous. And yet the people said that they were going to keep it. All that God said we will do. And they failed and they failed and they failed. But we come to the spirits of just men made perfect. We are just people, righteous people made perfect. How? Well, we come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, not the old covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, not the blood of bulls and lambs and goats that we've already seen in Hebrews cannot take away sin, but the blood of Christ. And this blood of Christ, this blood that we are sprinkled with, that we are washed in, that that our sins are covered by, it speaks better things than the blood of Abel. What in the world does that mean? Well, Abel's blood cried out from the earth for vengeance, vengeance against his murderer. But Jesus's blood cries out for forgiveness, for grace, for mercy, for peace. It speaks better things than that of Abel. What an amazing passage. And I'm sorry, but there's no way to cover this adequately in 10 to 12 minutes. You need to read. You need to think through. I mean, listen to the passage one more time before we pray. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire. You've not come to the mountain that is blackness and darkness and tempest, to the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that Those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore, for they could not endure what was commanded. And here's the commandment, And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses, God's servant, said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you, we, the follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. This is what we have been invited into, challenged to embrace throughout the letter of Hebrews. We have been given this great opportunity and privilege and blessing, and we're told in the very next verse in our next study, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. Wow. Thank you, Father in heaven, for this great blessing, for this brief picture, for this climactic scripture. Help us to ponder. Fill our hearts and our minds with wonder. Help us to take black and white words off of a page and allow them to become vivid 
living, colorful images of all that you have done for us in your grace and mercy. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. The children of Israel, because of their lack of faith, perished in the wilderness, did not inherit Israel, did not enter into your rest. Thank you for enabling us through faith in Jesus Christ to not perish, but to enter into that rest, to come before you on Mount Zion. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the promise that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.